You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors, the scary ones, the ones that make you feel uncomfortable. That's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. Do you really want someone to walk out of church feeling condemned? The word condemned to me is attached to hopelessness. Isn't it? That's what I thought. Like, the, the, the word condemned to me has a clear implication of being hopeless. Condemned. What I don't want to do is have somebody walk out of the church, whether they're saved or not, feeling hopeless. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. I'm Brian, and she's Janelle. The scripture in John 3.18 very clearly says that those who don't believe are condemned. But I felt the feeling and the meaning of condemnation feel so final, especially when we're missing the gospel. And I wanted to share a list that contrasts conviction and condemnation. And so I didn't want that message not to get across. Maybe you want to follow up on that? There's obviously the ice cream and the whipped cream and the chocolate sauce in the Bible that we all can agree with. But there's also some Brussels sprouts of broccoli in there. If you don't want to miss anything, all you have to do is hit the subscribe button to get a notification whenever we drop a new episode. So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. And right now I wanted to get to an email from Fred. He's a listener and was listening when we were talking about the Barna study and the way that people walk away from church. Some feeling inspired, some encouraged, but we also talked about those who walk away feeling discouraged, feeling guilty, feeling condemned. And he heard some things I had to say, Brian, and he specifically said, I don't know what you said, Brian, but I disagree with Janelle. I got problems with Janelle. He actually, (laughs) he had some good points. I can't wait to talk about it. So here it goes. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go, go ahead. He said, I had the opportunity to listen to the part of the show this morning on my way to an appointment he had. He said, during the segment that I was able to listen to, I heard you speak about the Barna poll and how churchgoers feel after worship. And so we talked about the different feelings they have, inspired, encouraged, but many feeling guilty, etc. So Fred says, at one point, Janelle... You commented on the poll response in reference to feeling forgiven, and you said that is a good number. So we were look, we were feeling good, right? Because our message is all about grace, and so to see the numbers of people feeling forgiven, I was encouraged with that. He goes on and says, you then commented that you do not like it when people feel condemned when they leave church, especially, which I did say, especially those who are unbelievers or on the fence. He said, I'm not sure what Brian says, but I was definitely not in agreement with Janelle's comments for these reasons. We have to ask ourselves, what's the purpose of preaching and reading the word? And so he quoted many scriptures that were very solid, including 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, which we've talked about recently, and how scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training, and that the man of God may be completed, equipped for every good work. The one that stood out to me in this context, as he corrected the way I said it, he said John 3.18, where it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. 
because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And then he tells me, Janelle, when you say we do not want people to feel condemned, I think I know what you mean, but how you expressed it on the radio to many people does not fall in line with Scripture. And so he said, I hope, you know, that if you agree, maybe that you can clarify. What are your thoughts so far? I know what he's getting at, but it's like he's missing the forest for the for the trees. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, and while the Bible does use the word condemned, do you really want someone to walk out of church feeling condemned? The word condemned to me is attached to hopelessness. Isn't it? That's what I thought. Ron, do you about? have any reactions? Like the, the, the word condemned to me has a clear implication of being hopeless. Condemned. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree because you're so shocked by a pardon if you're a condemned man that it would have that hopelessness attached to it. But condemnation without a pardon mm-hmm. yeah. is not the gospel, right? right. But it's difficult to – first, I, I do – the scripture in John 3.18 very clearly says that those who don't believe in God are condemned – But I felt and was coming from what you were talking about. The feeling and the meaning of condemnation feels so final, especially when we're missing the gospel. And so just quickly, I responded to him, was very glad, told him I was very glad he was listening. And then I kind of explained and unpacked a little bit of what I was saying that morning. I said, I grew up in a church where the gospel was just not taught. It was not taught. For years, I thought and was told that I could never know for sure if I could have eternal life. Like, that's literally what the message was. You kind of find out after. And so what you do, right, what you do is you try to be as good as you can, right? I was taught that I just had to try and be good enough. It felt so hopeless and disempowering. So I tell you the story, and I've said this before, that I would, I would like always tell my mom, like the struggle and the pressure and the stress of living that way. Like, I, you just never know your status in terms of eternity. I did tell him I liked the verses, especially liked the part of the verse where it says, if I believe, I will have eternal life and will be forgiven. And I think if you're missing that equation, Mm. I think the condemnation you feel is not the condemnation that the Lord wants you to feel. I don't think that's a condemnation coming from the Lord. Yeah. And I wish, in fact, that I would have heard more of what we see in Romans 8. That's actually one of my favorites. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And I wanted to share a list. It's an article I was looking looking at. The contrast conviction and condemnation. You brought up kind of that idea of the difference between the two. Yeah, as we talked about this off the air, I like a different C word. I think conviction the way it's used in a church culture context, doesn't imply hopelessness. Right. Yeah. Right. And what I don't want to do is have somebody walk out of a church, whether they're saved or not, feeling hopeless. Because we should feel convicted that we are wicked and are deserving of hell. Yeah. Deserving of condemnation. Mm -hmm. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. And that is why it's good news. Therefore, I want you to be convicted, but hopeful. Yes. That's yeah. what I want. So this list, two of which encapsulates how I felt years before I received the gospel, 
compares those two and it, it contrasts them. It says, conviction is from God, condemnation is from Satan. Reject that one. Conviction leads you to repentance, condemnation drives you to despair. Oh, good. Yeah. Conviction inspires you to keep striving, condemnation tells you to quit. These next two were like me. Conviction says God will help you. Condemnation says there's no hope for you. That's what I felt. Because I didn't have the second part of the equation. I didn't have the, if you believe, you will have eternal life. Or what Romans 8 says, there is no condemnation in Jesus. And then this next one, this last one, again, I felt conviction shows you the answer. Condemnation only shows you the problem. So in those years before, if you're not listening to the gospel, you see yourself. Like you see you and your mess and your sin, and you feel condemned and it feels permanent. When my friend, who's a friend of the show, Kimasha, more than 20 years ago, showed me the gospel, it turned my attention from me and like the condemnation I deserve to Jesus. Like that introduced me to here's the answer. And it was like an instant relief that I felt. So now having the full picture, when I talked about it on the air, thinking about the people who are in that kind of denomination, that's what I was feeling of how sad to leave church feeling condemned. It was with the spirit of what I'm saying. When you don't have the answer, it feels hopeless and it feels like there's no answer and it misses the point of the Bible, which is the answer is in Jesus go to him and find eternal life. Yeah, well said. I mean, if someone walks away from any church feeling condemned, they either weren't listening or you got a problem in messaging in your church. Yeah. You're giving the law without the gospel. And that's, it's cruel. Yeah. That's exactly what I told Fred. It's tragic. And I can say it because I lived it. It's tragic. Like every day you're feeling hopeless. But I'm glad that Fred wrote because it's important for people to understand that part of the equation, which is finding eternal life in Jesus. And so I didn't want that message not to get across. Maybe you want to follow up on that? We'll get to it after a short break. Hey, it's Brian. If you've been a faithful listener to this podcast, we're just super grateful for you can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us in our journey to follow Jesus a little more closely every day. But I got to remind you about something. We're listener supported. We're a ministry of Moody Radio in Cleveland, and it's donations from people who listen to us, just like you, that allow us to keep making episodes. So rather than tiptoe, because I'm not good at that, or dance around it, because I certainly can't dance, I'm going to be direct. We need your money, your financial support. Would you consider a donation to this ministry? A gift of any amount will make a huge difference. If you want to donate, we'd be so grateful. Just go to moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. Again, moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. Thanks. We see your text coming in, and Jonathan in Sandusky has some thoughts for over or follow-up hey, thanks Friday. Thanks for taking the call. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. 
Hey, I'd like to talk, follow up on that, the condemnation discussion you had. And I think it's a wonderful conversation because it dovetails into something that's always has been on my mind and in my heart for a long time. And that is how do you talk to fellow Christians or how do you approach people about even trying to become a Christian? And I'll paraphrase the Bible again in specific quotes. You know, at first, when you're a young Christian, you get the baby milk, right? But as we mature in our Christianity, there's obviously the ice cream and the whipped cream and the chocolate sauce in the Bible. There's some stuff we all think is great, it's wonderful, and some mm-hmm. of the messages from Jesus of loving our neighbors and, you know, you shouldn't steal and lie, and some great goalposts in our life that we all can agree with. But there's also some Brussels sprouts of broccoli in there, right? <laughs> and as you mature in your Christianity, not only should you chew down on the broccoli and Brussels sprouts, you should want the broccoli and Brussels sprouts, right? You should yearn for it because... It's the whole message of the Bible. So, yeah, there's some tough stuff in there, and there's some tough love in there. But as you mature in your Christian life, you should want to take that in and really understand it. And so where I always challenge, and it's heavy on my heart, is trying to figure out when I'm talking to somebody, where are you in your Christian life, right? Yeah. And if you're young, you got to keep it light. But, you know, if you're a mature Christian, you should be able to have a very thorough and in-depth conversation of something like, let's say, condemnation, right? And that's a heavy topic. It's a heavy, heavy topic. But if you're mature, you should be able to have that discussion and be able to handle it with no problem. So um, I think that the the person that was giving your advice was right and they were wrong. So, yeah, for a very brand new young Christian, yeah, you want to kind of keep it light and ease them into it. But if you're talking to someone who's had Bible studies and they've been a Christian for a while— they should be able to hand that, handle that conversation with no problem. Yeah. Great point, Jonathan. Yeah, it, it makes me think of two things. I mean, one of them is that when you look at maturity and faith as described in the epistles, it goes hand in hand with humility. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think the closer you get to Jesus, the more you realize your need for him and therefore the more humble you get. It's a little counterintuitive. And I think you're pointing to that. And the, the other one is something I noticed just recently in Timothy. So Paul's advice to Timothy is that what he should do in his ministry, he should do three things, correct, rebuke, and encourage. Hmm. And when you look at those three, two-thirds of them are rather unpleasant. Yeah. And so if somebody's spending most of their Christian life feeling encouraged, they may not be doing it right. And he that is the least of us is the greatest among us. Isn't that right? That's right. That's right. Great points, Jonathan. Totally, I agree with you. Thanks for Thank the call, you. and uh, I'm going to encourage Janelle to eat more Brussels sprouts and broccoli, because yeah. I think she doesn't do that. I'm all about that. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yes, do you yes, eat that? I am. Yeah. You eat Brussels sprouts? Yeah, I do. I like them cooked, though. I mean, I don't know. Well, who's it's... eating them raw? That's what I was going to say. I mean, I'm You're not... supposed to punish yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Anonymous in Maple Heights, what are your thoughts? I wanted to uh, speak on the um, people... That says when they go to church, how sometimes they might be bored or unfulfilled. I forgot the exact term they use. Mm-hmm. Sure. But you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. My man went to like the foreign countries, how they are actually being killed for going to church service and like they're doing it underground. And their drive for the Lord is that much strong because they want to get something out of the service of the Lord. And even like bringing it into today's time, I'll never forget, I started off real young when I gave my life to the Lord. And um, this one particular young lady, she came out, she gave her life to the Lord, and, you know, she was so happy, and her mom, her mother stopped her from coming out to church. Hmm. And I think sometimes we have that freedom. We really don't know what to do with it as far as being thankful. 
And I, whoever said that or feels that way, maybe they need to rethink about how blessed they really are. And even me, well, I start off at an early age. And my mom, she never stopped me from coming to church. And I was so thankful for that, especially when I seen that example with the other young lady that was my age. So whoever said that or felt that, maybe we need to kind of rethink it a little bit and find a blessing in actually giving that opportunity to come to church because a lot of people don't have it. Great point, Anonymous. We love hearing from Maple Heights, where our friends at Hope Alliance Bible Church are. And I like the sweetness with which you said that. But yeah, if you're leaving church going like, huh, that wasn't very fun. Yeah. Or that was a little disappointing, mm-hmm. kind of boring. I don't think you know why you're going. And maybe you're going right. for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. It would be like, you know, I hate going to the dentist. Yeah. And if I left going like, wow, that wasn't very fun. I don't think I'm going back there again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I know why I went there. Right. I didn't go there to have fun. Mm-hmm. I went there to get my teeth cleaned and fixed. Right. And that's not fun most of the time. <laughs> I did enjoy some chatting. I was shocked the last time I went. And yeah, the you hygienist were. didn't know my, my dentist joke. Yeah, she didn't laugh oh, wow. at your joke. That's messed up. My appointment was at 2.30. And I said, how ironic that you gave me the appointment time that is like the dentist appointment time. Mm-hmm. What time is a dentist's favorite time? Tooth hurdy. <laughs> Tooth hurdy. She was like, oh, I never heard that. <laughs> that didn't even laugh. Oh <laughs> so I walked away with a feeling I don't normally get the dentist, but I, I mean, like, come on. Hello. Gwen in Akron, what do you have for follow up? Well, I don't have a follow up. My mom is named Jewel and she's 94. She'll be 95 at the end of May. We enjoy listening to your program. We've learned a lot. And I just wanted to call this morning and tell you how much we enjoy you all. You're just wonderful. Well, that is so sweet, Gwen. Could we send you and your mother some Brian and Janelle I'm in the Family 4th Edition coffee tumblers, courtesy of Edgewater Investment Group? Yes, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much. And your mother's name is Jewel, is that correct? Yes. Is she listening right now? Yes, she is. Oh, fantastic. Jewel, we love you. We're grateful for you. Do you know what team Jewel is on? Is she on Team Janelle, Brian, or Ron? <laughs> um, I'm going to say Janelle. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I'm going to put a special treat in there for Jewel because, you know, she's amazing. She's like sparkling. and ooh, You didn't ask me precious. why. But, uh, yes, she is. So you stay on hold, Gwen. We're going to get all your information and wow, send off those Wow, you just mugs made to... my weekend. No, but you didn't ask me <laughs> you... why I knew it. <laughs> Why? No, ask. I don't want to know. Nope. <laughs> you really connect with 95-year-olds. <laughs> it's just part of who you are. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So go ahead. Look down. Hit that button right there and subscribe. And you'll get updated episodes. And then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us out. How? A five-star Rating. Hello. You can also hang with us live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Download the Moody Radio mobile app and you're able to connect with us. Or just go to brianandjanelle.org. And we didn't put this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind this production. We want to thank Ronnie Swood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, Alan Perry, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.